There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I had Ty Kiki on the show previously when his book went on pre-sale or pre-order. And we promised we'd bring him back when it comes out and lands on bookshelves. And the launch of it is this evening at the Opera House. It carries a most wonderful title. The Portrait of a piss of the Piss Artist as a Young Man. Only you, Hickey, would get away with it. Only <laughs> you. I like to be I've noticed that uh, people are picking it up and buying it out of intrigue from the title. So they might hate the book, but the title is definitely uh, getting numbers. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> it is your story. Words yeah. and all. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it tracks um, growing up in Cork. It's a very Cork story, I suppose. I was talking to another journalist who said that uh, Cork is a is a major character in it, which I think is true. Mm. And uh, having anxiety, I suppose, didn't I? W- I wouldn't have called it anxiety at the time. Um, I would have called it an uncomfortableness or something, or I felt like my head was going to explode. Actually, was the way I put it when I was a kid when I was talking to my sister about it. And uh, then finding drink, I suppose, in my teenage years and it just taking all that anxiety away. And I felt like I was kind of a superhero when I had a drink. So that was all great until it stopped working. And I suppose that's what the book is about. It's about when the anesthetic stops working and then you have to come to terms with the person that started drinking in the first place and the reasons why. So um, there's lots of drink, drinking escapades along the way. It is funny. It's not all sad. So mm. I will tell people that. But uh, hopefully it's uplifting as well. There's a bit of redemption in it. Your darkest moments are are revealed here. You don't pull back on, on how bad it got. But no. But like, this is the thing. You're still making us laugh while you're, <laughs> while you're, you're at rock bottom. And, you were, and we're still laughing. <laughs> was that intentional? Uh, thank you. Yeah, it was intentional, actually, because I feel like, you know, I felt like I had something to say, you know. So I was saying to you the last time that uh, Deirdre from Bonnie A Books heard me doing an interview and she said, you know what, that's not really talked about a lot in Ireland, the fact that there is a kind of a mental illness aspect to alcoholism, that it's not just some selfish lad who wakes up one day and drinks a load of cans and goes to the pub and doesn't come back to see his family because he's just selfish. That there is a mental illness. Now, this is not to, to take the responsibility away from sorting out your problems, but mm. 
there's a bigger picture there, like that mental illness is part of it. So she thought, and I thought that I might be able to write something on that and that it wouldn't be preachy though, that it might be funny as well, you know, that there'd be funny stories in there. And I think this alcoholic anyway has got like quite a funny head. Like it's sometimes it's a difficult head to have and you get up into hassle and, and difficulties, but there's a lot of funny stuff happens too. Mm -hmm. So I think you reach people better when you're not preaching at them. So the idea of writing something that was was funny, but it was also revealing about the mental health aspect of alcoholism, I thought, well, do you know what? I'll take that on so it might help someone. Talking to people who have developed a problem with drink over the years, Tig, what you find is a yeah. lot of them, like you, they had something going on anxiety-wise, mental health-wise, emotional well-being-wise, and they began to self-medicate. And, of course, when you begin to do that, the self-medication works and works until yeah. it doesn't. That's your story, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Like, I think I was saying this to you before, if it didn't work and if it wasn't great, you wouldn't be doing it in the first place. You know what I mean? So that's something that I tried to capture in the book, that it's not... Uh, I think you, you wouldn't be helping people if you said, oh, drink is all bad and it's all evil. Sure, like, obviously, it was great while it worked. You know what I mean? Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it for 10, 20, and some people 30, 40, 50 years. Mm. The problem is when it doesn't work anymore you're then left with the reasons why you drank in the first place. You know what I mean? So, um, and this would be a hobby horse of mine, I suppose, that I think we talked about this before as well, that, you know, in Ireland, I think anyway, the people don't really kind of get that part of it. So they, they tend to treat addicts, be they alcoholics or drug addicts, as if they're just wrongins, like, you know, that they've mm. done something wrong. So we put more guards on the street or we try to, to lock them away and it, and, I, and I'm going to stress like I'm not saying we absolve them of things that you do wrong that's otherwise you wouldn't get recovery unless you were acknowledging what you did wrong mm -hmm. but these people as you say like are in, they're hurting like you know they have trauma and they're carrying stuff and um, that needs to be part of the, the thing if we're to try and understand them I think Mm. Part of recovery is, of course, going around and acknowledging what you did wrong and acknowledging the wrong you did to people is that one of the hardest parts, Twig? I, I actually found that, um, I found that an easier part, to be honest. Now, okay, so there's some, um, there's some amends, right, we call them. So there might be an amends now where, you know, you've had a difficult situation with somebody and you think you're right and you think that they should be apologizing to you. That can be hard, <laughs> you know, because then you'd have somebody else in recovery circles would say, for the sake of your recovery, you should talk to this person. But in the back of your mind, you might be thinking like, I hate this guy. That can be tough. <laughs> yeah. But some of the ones with family are the opposite of tough because the healing is is unbelievable. Like there's, there's one I detail in the book where uh, I actually have an opportunity to go and talk to my daughter, um, which is probably a, a lot to, to leave on her shoulders at that age. So I was very careful about how I put it, but I just put it generally, you know, that, you know, maybe I wasn't the best dad I could have been when I was drinking. I'm sorry about that. And if there's anything I can do, I'd like to to help make it up to you. And uh, the reaction from her, and it's I suppose it's in the book if people want to read it, um, made... It, it almost made all the pain kind of worthwhile or whatever, you know what I mean? It was a completely healing experience. And we, we kind of understood each other. And that has been my experience a lot with family and close friends. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, no, I find that, I actually found that one of the best, one of the best parts of recovery, to be honest, just, just actually kind of facing people. It is tough, but facing people eye to eye and kind of saying, Do you know what, that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. One of the lads in you too, I can't remember which now, did an interview recently about his own battles with oh, addiction. Oh yeah, Adam Clayton. Adam is right. And he was asked, yeah. when did you last, 
when did you last feel like turning to something? And oh, said, yeah. And he said, yesterday. Tyg, may I ask you <laughs> honestly, when was the last time you felt like a drink, Phil? I I don't agree with that. And I say I don't agree, as okay. in that's not my experience. But um, but I know what he's talking about. The last day that I had to deal with alcoholism was was today, like, or yesterday, yeah. you know. So there, there's parts of it, like, as I'm saying, the, the anxiety and the self-doubt and the kind of... You know, the the old ideas of acting out and blaming other people, you know, you have to deal with that on a daily basis. But for me, I I found a higher power, you know, and it's not a religious thing, like it's a it's just a, a power greater than myself really was a big part of it for me. And I feel like my desire to uh to drink or the temptation or the compulsion uh, has just been taken away from me. Um I, I genuinely haven't had no the first year was torture. The first year I actually kind of spent in my bedroom in my mother's house really because I was too scared to to go out. I just didn't trust myself. But I'm eight years over eight years around now and it's been a long time since I felt genuinely tempted to drink, I suppose. And I think the reason for that is the higher power certainly, but also I've done the work on myself now that I, you know, and up to today, like it's a, it's a, that's a process, Yeah. but I've done the work that I don't feel the anxiety anymore. I don't think as much. So the social anxiety was a big reason why I'd be like, oh, I just need to get drunk here because I can't handle mm. being around people. Yeah. So yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just, I am fortunate. I am blessed. I just don't feel that temptation anymore. Thank God. That's fantastic. Good luck with the book. Uh, for what I've read already. Thank you so it's, much. It's a, it's, it's a cracker. Someone, people are saying here, it's the best name for a book they've heard in a very long time. <laughs> uh, uh, nice one. Uh, Come here, are you free tonight? If you're free tonight, you're, you're you know, obviously you're, you're cordially invited and I'll see you at the gig as well in the 28th. Hopefully I'm in the Opera House in the 28th if people want to come to see me for a stand-up show. I was ask you about that gig. That's, that's going well. Uh, yes. That's going well. That, that's a new show, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a stand-up show and it's a, a stand-up comedy, but there's partly music as well. There's like there's four original songs. It's all kind of political satire, and uh, people will know my my stuff from Twitter. It'll be all that kind of stuff. And we're doing a yeah, we're doing Cork on the twenty eighth. But if people want to see me in Cardiff, London, Glasgow, or mm. Belfast, or Dublin as well, uh, yeah, it's a little UK and Ireland tour. Yeah, God, God help us. Yeah, I'm getting out, getting around. <laughs> so look, out, get, I'll me, see you. At, I'll see you at the opera. Hold so on now, even the great Russell <laughs> Carroll Kelly. Paul Howard from Russell Carroll oh, yeah. Kelly has tweeted he wished he'd come up with a name like that <laughs> for his books. <laughs> I tell you one thing, I'm going to be in the running for best title anyway, even if uh, even if the book is not well done. Yeah, listen, good luck, good luck with it, Tiger. I'll see you over the next while. I won't unfortunately be around this evening, but I will see you at the end of September at the show. Tig Hickey, author, comedian, actor, author and as he says himself alcoholic and uh, the new book is on your shelves now and what i've read is brilliant it's called portrait of the piss artist as a young man i love that title courts 96 fm When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.